right, guys, welcome back and welcome to the Millennial Momentum Podcast. This is your host, Tommy Tahoe Alemo, and I'm on a path for a better life. You know, I want that promotion. I want more money. I want a better relationship. I want to be healthier, more at peace, um, just have a better life. And and I know you do too. And um, as millennials, we get the the stereotype of we're lazy, we're entitled, we only care about avocado toast, and I know that's just not true. So the the theme of this podcast is to help highlight millennials that are getting after it and to help other millennials who aren't quite getting after it yet, give them the inspiration, give them the tactics, give them the advice, everything they need to get 1% better every single day. And I'm so grateful that you're listening, that you're here. Um, you know, just a few notes before we get into today's conversation. Um, you can find all of the info from the podcast, the show notes, uh, learn more about each guest, um, you know, a lot of other stuff going on at tomalamo.com. That's T-O-M-A-L-A-I-M-O.com. Um, I do this outside of my full-time job in sales. So, Early morning, late night, weekends. This is at 5.36 a.m. in a hotel in New York City. Actually, in Brooklyn because everything in New York City is too expensive. So all that I ask is, you know, is if you can, if you like what you hear, share it with a friend and head on over wherever you're listening to this, likely in iTunes, to just subscribe and give a review. Uh, it takes about three minutes um, I put hours into each episode that I put out, so it really, really mean a lot if you did that. Thank you so much. Let's get into today's conversation. And this week's interview, I have Nicholas Cole. And Nicholas Cole is known very well in the writing community. Um, he's a four-time top writer on Quora. Um, he has work published in Time, Forbes, Fortune, Entrepreneur, Business Insider, CNBC, uh, he's a contributor, his own page, um, rather, for Inc. Magazine. He's written over 400 articles there. Um, and he is also the founder of Digital Press, which is a content marketing agency that builds CEOs, execs, serial entrepreneurs into industry thought leaders. So thank the CEO that um, doesn't think personal branding is important or does. You know, He helps to... Uh, you know, build them a platform so that they can have a heavier influence on their market. And, um, you know, I love this conversation with Nicholas because I love his writing and I reached out to him direct because his writing on Medium just kills it. And, um, you know, we talked about the classic millennial uh, question or the classic entrepreneurial question um, that I think a lot of you listeners face and that he faces that, you know, he was working all day um, at an ad agency. And, you know, from whatever, eight to six, say, and, you know, after that, he'd get home and he'd write all night and then he'd go into work the next morning and then on weekends he'd write. And for about four years, he did that. And, you know, after four years, he, he started to get movement and got requests for help. And, and that's what turned into digital press. Um, but this isn't the first time that he had accomplished something from this process, from this discipline process of working hard. He was one of the top World of Warcraft players in the world. He was uh, a bodybuilder, and everything that he's accomplished has essentially taken about four years. Um, and four years of sacrifice, of discipline, of putting in the work, of limited rewards, of thinking about the long term, 
And then on that fourth year, an opportunity comes up or his goals achieved or he gets to where he wanted to be. And so it's a great conversation on how he sticks to doing something every single day. The sacrifice that he put in short term uh, financially and with work effort to uh, have a long term payoff. And it's just a great conversation. He says you can't steer a stationary ship. You have to keep moving, um, and then you can make your choices on the go. So I think you're going to like this one with Nicholas. I loved having him on the show. Check out his work. His writing is really good. Uh, but without further ado, let's get into this conversation with my friend Nicholas Cole. All right, Nicholas Cole, how you doing, man? Welcome to the show. Doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to do this one. And you're, um, so you're down in LA, right? Yeah, I just moved out here from uh, Chicago, actually, about ten months ago. Okay. And is that part of launching Digital Press, or was that for another reason? Uh, no, actually, I, I came out here because this was probably where I had the the next best network. Um, I had grown up outside of Chicago. I went to school in Chicago. I lived downtown Chicago. You know, I was just ready for something different. And uh, LA was, I think, the next uh, the next logical step um, in terms of just the entrepreneurial community and kind of what I was interested in learning. But also just the people out here, my girlfriend, <laughs> obviously a huge one yeah. out here. Um, but yeah, it just made a lot of sense. And so far, it's been great. Is there a strong... Um like entrepreneurial community that, that you've met, like through groups or meetups or just connections you have, or, or how's that gone? Yeah, I was really fortunate actually. So I really only knew, <laughs> I say I had like a great network out here, but I, I really only had like working puzzle pieces. Um, I didn't really have like a very, very sound network. Um, but one of the people that I knew uh, out here, his name's Brian Evans. He's the founder of Influensive. He's now the CMO of ShipChain. Um, we had been working together for probably about two years, uh, just through the internet. And you know, he was out in LA, and I was in Chicago. Um, and we had built a great working relationship. And he was one of the few people that I knew out here. And he said, "Hey, let me know when you come out here," because I told him I was thinking about moving. And he's like, "I'll I'll plug you in." <laughs> and uh, you know, most times when people say that, it just doesn't really amount to much. Um, they're like, "Yeah, I'll introduce some to some people and go out for some drinks and whatever." But I was really fortunate. I feel like the moment that I showed up here, I just I got introduced to so many of the right people. Found myself at a few uh, really amazing events for entrepreneurs uh, that were pretty private. Um, some private dinners, um, some backyard events. Uh, where it was just like all founders or investors or venture capitalists. And it kind of just was like the zero to a hundred learning process for me because I had taken the leap very recently in Chicago. And I essentially, I'd left my job and only spent like a few months in Chicago just kind of doing my own thing. So when I came out to LA, it was this like massive learning opportunity. And I just found myself connecting with a lot of the right people and a lot of the things, you know, like one of the things I talk a lot about is why you should build a personal brand or why you should put yourself out there and share what you know on the internet. That's kind of my whole MO. And uh, 
I saw that like the return on that investment by the time I came out here was massive because everybody that I got introduced to the first thing that they would do is, you know, either someone would reference my work or they would go, um, look my name up online or something. And it just like spiraled into all of these opportunities, um, which is amazing. So yeah, I, I, I think I had a very rare experience. I don't think it always works out that way, but um, met some really good people very, very quickly here. Oh, that's awesome. That's that's a tough thing to do when you move across and you might not know many people coming out. I moved from Boston out here to San Francisco two years ago and I, I knew one guy when I moved. So I feel that process. But you know, you, you talked about taking a leap and it's obviously a big topic that I want to talk about. And I know a lot of the listeners have either taken the leap or have daydreamed uh, many days about taking the leap, or maybe it's pondered in their mind a little bit. But I'd love to hear from your perspective, maybe a little bit of the timeline and the story around how and why you decided to leave the nine to five to found digital press. Yeah. So I guess just starting with the end in mind. Um, so I, I took the leap from you know the nine to five working world when I was 26. Um, so this was pretty much like right around the end of 2016. And I think when you look at that moment, uh, it was a really exciting moment. I mean, I was the same day I left my job, I published my first book, Confessions of a Teenage Gamer. I had been working on that for four years. Um, I was just starting to really see uh, some return on building my personal brand. You know, like a lot of people that had read my work were starting to just kind of reach out and be like, hey, do you do writing on the side or are you a freelance writer, et cetera. So I like when I took the leap, my my goal was really to just be an independent writer. I didn't I didn't take the leap thinking I'm gonna go become an entrepreneur and start a company and all of those things. I didn't rule it out, but I also was just kind of like, hey, my dream is to be a writer and I just want more time to write. But what a lot of people didn't see was it was all the work that came before that. Um, so I graduated from college in you know like 2013 or something uh, with a degree in creative writing and basically immediately started working in advertising. And I was very fortunate to work at uh, a smaller ad agency where the creative director essentially became a very close mentor to me. We had a very, very great, we had a great working relationship and he spent a lot of time teaching me and I spent a lot of time learning and, and doing and kind of going above and beyond by just picking up anything that I could because I saw that I had the opportunity to learn. And what was interesting is that I remember so many points of that journey where I saw opportunities for me to leave. Uh, like I would go meet someone and they would say, hey, why are you still working at you know like a small agency? You should get a job at a bigger agency. You can make more money and things like that. And I would contemplate it and I would think about it. And then I'd be like, no, you know what? I think I'm just going to keep learning. Because what I saw was I had access to an entrepreneur. Like it was, he was the creative director and he was also the guy who started the agency. Um, he was the founder. And what I realized was even though I wasn't, I wasn't like making a ton of money and I wasn't really being promoted all the time, but what I had was access to someone that I knew I was getting knowledge in a way that most people wouldn't get. So what I did is I basically sacrificed uh, any sort of short-term reward solely reminding myself of the longer-term payoff. And the longer-term payoff for me was learning all of the things that allow someone to do what they want to do on their own. So I saw him and I was like, hey, you're the founder of a company. Like, I want to learn 
uh, how you get clients. I want to learn how you keep clients. I want to know uh, accounting and how you handle billing and, and invoicing and all of that. I want to know what makes a client happy. I want to know like anything that had to do with doing it on your own. That's what I wanted to learn. And he gave me that. So I was willing to sacrifice all of the, you know, all the short term, maybe I should get a job elsewhere. Or I should climb the ladder and bounce around. Like that's what a lot of people do. And I actually had a lot of open conversations with him about that, where he would say, the fastest way to getting promoted, you know, is just people hopping from company to company, kind of inflating what they had done previously, hoping for a higher role, a little pay boost. And then every, you know, you end up capping out at like 70, 80 K salary or something. Right. And then it takes a while. And then it's like best case scenario, maybe, you know, 90, hundred K, whatever. It's like, you can see the ceiling pretty easily. And he would explain that to me. And I was like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. But again, I didn't go, I wasn't approaching all of this with like, I'm trying to get rich. I was approaching it because I was like, I want control over my life. And basically four years later, all during that, I was you know, all through that process. I was writing on Quora every day. I eventually got a column with ink and I just kept doubling down on the thing that I knew I loved, which was writing. So I would work, you know, 10 hours a day and then I'd come home and then I would write. And that was one of those things that, it's not like someone was paying me to do that. It's that over the course of four years, I had built this massive library of content. I had accumulated millions of views. I had you know, attracted all these followers. I had kind of built this persona around myself online. And then all of a sudden, like four years later, after that investment, everything started to move and I started to feel the momentum shift. And that's when people were like, wow, yeah. you have millions of views on your work. Can you help me? Can you write for me? You know, and and that's when all the opportunities started happening. So to circle back to your question is like the thing I find myself reiterating to people, especially people in their 20s, like I'm still so young. I'm, I just turned 28. So what I like to remind people is that at the time that seemed like it was taking forever. Like it seemed like I, I was never gonna get out of the nine to five thing. But when I look back, I realized that four years was a very, very short amount of time. And so while everyone else kind of looks at it like, what's the shortcut or what's the easy way or how do I take the leap? How do I make a bunch of money really quickly? It ended up being that the the perceived longer road and the slower road ended up being this massive shortcut where now I'm you know 28 and I founder of a company and we have 20 employees and <laughs> I'm doing what I love every day. And like, it all added up to something so much bigger because I took just the slower, more deliberate route. I think the the key on patience is really important. I think it's something that I struggle with and it's something that generally people in their 20s struggle with because we just don't, it's hard to see that you don't just have a five-year career, like you have a 40-year career, like there's a lot of time. So did you... Playing the long game, did you learn that from someone? Is that intrinsic? How did you get into that mindset of, like you just said, kind of putting in those hours, staying at the small agency, learning, not taking the money? So you, so you know, four years later, you're in a really good spot. So there's a bunch of different experiences that have taught me this. So a former one was when I was a teenager, and I was playing World of Warcraft competitively and I was a hardcore gamer. It was basically, and I've seen this cycle repeat itself a few times. It was basically four years to accomplish a very similar goal. So first time I picked up that game, I was 14 years old. I just fractured my spine playing hockey. 
I was in a back brace for six weeks and I couldn't do anything except play video games. So I started playing this game called World of Warcraft. And that was the first time I'd ever played an online game, a PC game. I'd always been a console gamer. Like the whole thing was new to me. I'd never played an MMO before. And four years later, I was one of the highest ranked uh, World of Warcraft players in North America. And when I look back on that journey, and I've written about it a ton, both on Quora and online, and then also in my book, is I've reflected on that process a lot because it taught me so many of these building blocks. And if I look at that, you know, I I started the game and yeah, I wanted to be amazing day one, but I wasn't. I was a noob, you know, and then it took a year of being like, okay, here are the basics. And then it took another year of like, where's the competition? And then it took another year of like, what's my unique style going to be? Like, how do I refine that? And then it took a fourth year of like, I'm going to play against the best players in the world and prove myself. So no matter how much I wanted to rush that process, I couldn't. And even though I tried every single day to get better and better, it still just took four years. It just took a long time to get that good. And so when I left college and I was thinking, okay, so how am I going to, how am I going to get out of the nine to five cycle? And how am I going to just become an independent writer? At the time, I just wanted to be a freelance writer. I just wanted the thought of waking up in the morning, doing some writing for four or five hours that I got paid for on my own out of a coffee shop. And then I would have the rest of the day to do my own writing. That's really all I wanted. And so I approached it a very similar way. I was like, okay, I'm a noob. I have no portfolio. I have no presence. I have no audience. I have no views. I don't know what my niche is. My writing style is unrefined. And I just started and was like, it's going to take me a while to master this. So in the same way that as a gamer, I was like, I need to get my practice in and play every day. I told myself, I'm going to write an answer or an article on Quora every day for a year. And that's what happened. Like in nine months, I went from not even knowing what Quora was to being a top writer on the platform with like three or four million views. Why'd you start on Quora? Um, it's a great question. I, I remember <laughs> another gamer friend of mine, actually, he he's a, a really big name YouTuber. And we were talking and I was like, man, you have YouTube, like you're a gamer and that platform makes sense. But where does a writer go? You know, like, am I supposed to write on Facebook? Am I supposed to try Twitter? And he was like, you should check out this site called Quora. And I started reading it. And what I really, I quickly realized that the best writers on Quora or the ones that had the biggest followings treated questions like they were creative writing prompts. You know, so someone would be like, what's it like to be an entrepreneur? And instead of someone giving the definition of entrepreneurship, they would be like, when I was 22, I started my first company. And then boom, you're in a story. And I found that so interesting. And I was like, okay, I can do this. I can share my own experiences and my own stories. And Quora is how I developed the writing style that essentially has like made me have the career that I have now. And so all I did was approach it from that perspective of practice and just like day in, day out. And it's like when you ask, how do you teach someone patience? For me, the thing that helped me is that like I've experienced that patience process before and I experienced it at a really young age. So when I, when I decided I didn't want to be a competitive gamer anymore, I got into bodybuilding. Same thing. I was like, you know, 100 pounds and this skinny kid. And, you know, four or five years later, I was 170 pounds and shredded. And that's just because I trusted the process and I knew that it was going to take a long time and I focused on the practice of it. It's the same traits if you want to be a master at writing, at 
a video game at at being a bodybuilder, right? It's it's the discipline, it's consistency, it's you know doing the right technique and learning and, and mastering the craft and you know putting in the time over you know a long long hours and and watching it build up over however many years, right? I mean, it's it, you do different things, but it's the same exact process. It's all the same. It really is. And and what's exciting for me is that when I was a kid you know, it's hard. I even had experiences before gaming. Like I have been playing classical piano since I was five. So before I even got into gaming, I was, I'd been playing classical piano for like 12 years, you know, and I was playing Beethoven and Mozart and all of this. And like, I think just the nature of the family I grew up in and myself as an individual, I'm such a curious person that this has just kind of been my natural progression. As a kid, it's really difficult to defend that because you're like, I'm playing video games for a purpose and everyone around you is like, you're wasting your life, <laughs> you know? So it's hard to defend like, no, this means something so much more to me. But now that I've done it a few times, and especially now that it's in business, I think I'm able to share the perspective in a different way because now I'm able to prove it and actually uh, like attach bigger, more meaningful milestones to things, like things that people are just more willing to accept or approve of in society. But it really is the same. Like what I did in gaming is the same what I did in, that I did in bodybuilding. It's the same reason I've been able to build a, a 20 person company in a year. You know, that's just like, that's not a very common thing to do. But in doing it, I feel like I can point to it and go, look, what's important is that I'm just doing the same process over and over again. And there's, there's no similarity between gaming, bodybuilding, entrepreneurship, and writing. Those are like four very, very different industries and pursuits. And what I'm trying to, what I feel like one of my core messages and what I like sharing with people is it doesn't matter what it is that you're doing. What matters is how you approach it. And I like pointing to my own examples to show, look, none of these things have anything to do with each other, but the success has replicated itself over and over again. So with that said, of, of those four things that you, you know, some of the, you have already mastered the entrepreneurship, you're, you're new into that, but you're growing a lot. Like if you had to label it to just one single trait that you're a master at, what would that be? Yeah, it's discipline. Yeah. It's, it is the, it is the sheer act of choosing to do something every single day. And the easiest thing and the, the pattern that everybody falls into is I'll do it tomorrow. And, and that's what's so difficult to explain to someone. And there, are, there have been a lot of moments in my own life where I've felt almost OCD about it. Like I feel like I'm, I'm OCD about time and the fact that if a single day goes by and I didn't invest time into the thing that I said that I wanted so badly, it's like it, it just it kills me because how are you going to say I want to be the best World of Warcraft player in the world and you're not going to practice for a day? Or how are you going to say, I want to, you know, become a bodybuilder and not go to the gym or not get your meals in, you know, or I want to build a business, but like, eh, I didn't do the things that I really needed to do to like, it just, those are two contradictory statements. And I think when I make that promise to myself and I say, I'm going to do this, that's not just some overarching, like I'll get there one day. That's me saying, I'm going to do whatever that next step is today in order to get myself there four years from now. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's really similar to, you know, I always say 1% better every single day. And like there's days your brain's on fire and like, say, if you want to grow a business, like 
everything's moving. You're making the phone calls. You're moving. You're hustling. 15 hours goes by like nothing in it, and you're killing it. And then there's days where you just feel like shit. And like the last thing you ever want to do is be near your computer or doing the tasks that you have to do. But those are the, like, if, if you stop on those days, you're never going to make it. It's pushing through those days. Even if you have to go through the motions, it takes a little longer. You're not quite feeling it pushing through. Those are the days that make champions. I mean, anyone that I've studied or that I've talked to on this podcast has said it um, so clearly that you have to push through those times and, and it's the consistency and discipline that gets you there. Two, two things on that, actually. So one perfect example, my most popular Quora answer to date was an answer that I wrote on a day that I didn't want to write. <laughs> and I remember and I remember it because I was sitting at the office and I was like it was like 530 or something like the day was done. I was getting ready to go home and I was browsing through Quora to see if there are any Quora answer or questions that I wanted to answer. And like none of them were really hitting me. And I was like, I don't feel like doing this, but I made a promise to myself. I'm going to write every day for a year straight. And the question was, have you ever changed so much that or is it possible to change so much that you no longer recognize yourself? And I was like, ah, I got to catch this train. You know what? I'm just going to put something down because I told myself I was going to do it today. So I wrote like two paragraphs and put this before and after picture of me as a like 15 year old, really skinny, really sick. And then me at like 23 or 24 as a bodybuilder. And I wrote it in probably, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes closed my laptop, went, hit the train. By the time I got back to my apartment, one of the guys that I was living with was like, dude, do you know that you're on the front page of Reddit right now? And I was <laughs> like, what? And my article had gotten, someone had read it, put it on Reddit, was on the front page and got half a million views in the first day. It has like over a million views plus on it now. And like overnight, I had all these people emailing me being like, what, what are your workout routines? Like, what, what do you do in the gym? What do you eat? How did you change yourself? That was me on oh. the left. Like, I'm that kid. How did you do it? And all of a sudden I was like, whoa, like, what did I just do? And so that weekend, I like really quickly made a website, wrote two, two fitness ebooks, launched them on Monday when I went to work and made like my first like three or five grand in a day because everybody was reading this this post and I was like look like here I'm giving you the answers here's what I eat here's how I lift and that was the first moment where I was like okay now I now I understand like now I understand the value of sharing what you know on the internet and telling your personal story and kind of like building building that brand around who you are and what you believe and then tying it to, you know, products or books or anything that you want to. And that was a super cool moment for me. That was like kind of how it all started. And again, that happened on a day when I didn't want to do it, you know? That just goes to show you, yeah, that you got to, it's every single day. That's so funny. I mean, there's, I felt the same thing with certain um, podcast guests that like I used to have a co-host and I remember there's two or three that we we woke up in the morning and it was like an early morning, like, you know, 6 a.m. Pacific. So it'd be 9 a.m. Eastern for the guests. And like, we'd be like, man, we do not want to do this one. Like, we don't even like this guy that much or whatever. <laughs> and then we would turn out, it would turn out being, you know, one of our best episodes. And, you know, we become really good friends with the guy after. So it just, it just goes to show you that kind of like is a reminder from the universe. Like, all right, this is why I'm doing this. Yep. Yeah, you have to. That's cool. 
That's really cool. So I want to take it back one time here before we get a little bit deeper into digital press and then deeper into your writing. But I want to just ask two quick questions about taking the leap. So if you could take me back to the day that you actually took the leap, could you describe what what position you were in in terms of your freelance work? Like, Had you built up enough like dollars where it made sense? Like, all right, at, at this much per month, I'm going to go. And then like, what was that like to actually have that conversation with, you know, the founder of the company who sounded like he was a mentor of yours. And then you, you walk out of the office and all of a sudden it's, it's just the Nicholas Cole show. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and also like really spot on because that's how, that's exactly how I thought about it. I was really deliberate with the whole, with the way that I was planning it like it was something that I'd thought of for a while, but like I said, whenever I would think about leaving, the question I would always ask myself is, am I ready from a knowledge perspective? Like, do I feel like I have the tools in order to execute this and not fall on my face? Um, and there was an experience uh, maybe six months before that, where it was the first time that I, I was working at this agency. It was the first time that I had brought in a big client. So I had um, actually sold the client on the work that we were going to do. So that for me was a huge milestone. I was like, I know how to do this now. It was a big project. So it wasn't something tiny. Um, it was one that I had run completely on my own to completion. So I felt like, okay, cool. I, I know how to do this. Um, it also came with a bunch of unforeseen obstacles. Like we we sold them on a bunch of different services. They ended up needing uh, some other things that weren't in scope. I had to navigate it because I was the one who had signed the contract and everything. So it was this massive experience that by the end of it, I kind of walked away going, I know now after all of this that I have the tools. I know that I don't have it all figured out. I know it's not perfect, but I'm at least confident in myself to figure it out. And so what I started doing was basically kind of envisioning, all right, I'm going to want to take the leap at some point. I don't know when it's going to be. So let me start getting my ducks in a row. And right around then is when I had uh, started writing for Inc. Magazine, I think. And they were paying me per page view. So it, it was solely based on the more traffic I brought in, you know, the more I got paid. And because this was my my only other revenue source than, you know, the, the small salary I was making, um, it really incentivized me to figure out how do you write things that drive a ton of page views. So I saw it as this game where I was like, okay, if I can figure out how to get people to read more of my stuff, I could actually make a, a lot of money because I'm gonna I'm gonna be paid on performance. So at the same time, basically for about three to six months, I doubled down on my writing and was writing one original Quora answer and one original Inc. Magazine column every single day for like months on end. And I just, I figured it out. Like I created my own recipe and I was driving, I don't know, like hundreds of thousands of page views for Inc., which, you know, they, they weren't, they didn't pay very much, but it ended up being like a few extra thousand dollars a month. So because I wasn't able to save very much from my nine to five, that basically I took all of that money and instead of going shopping, instead of buying some fresh shoes or taking myself out to nice dinners, like I didn't do anything. I just stayed in my tiny studio apartment and I put it all into savings. And 
once I got to the point when I had maybe like five or six thousand dollars saved up, that's when I started to be like, okay, what? That's when I started calculating and being like, okay, what? What's my burn rate? <laughs> you know, like, right. well, I, if I take the leap and I fall on my face, how long until I need to get a job again? And then what I also started doing was thinking, all right, so if I'm going to do this, I bet from ink writing that can probably cover like a third of my overhead. My overhead was super low; like I was living so lean. Ink could probably cover a third. How am I going to cover the other two thirds? So really late at night, what I would do is I would basically just kind of figure out like, all right, I need to get a couple side projects or a couple other clients. So how do I do this from a freelance writing perspective? And I ended up getting in touch with another founder or CEO or some someone that was like, hey, I'm looking for a ghostwriter. So I was like, cool. So I started giving that a shot. That's kind of how I stumbled into the whole ghostwriting world. So for the like two or two months or so before I actually ended up leaving, I went through this whole self-testing process where I was like, let me see how much I can save. I want to make sure that I have at least three months of runway saved up. Um, so that way I know that I have some time to figure it out. And let me make sure that I can prove to myself that I can get clients over and over and over again. You know, and once I had proved those things to myself, then I was like, now I know it's ready. And I, it was still daunting. I still it was, you know, I remember asking my my mentor to meet me for breakfast and <laughs> I gave him a month notice and I was like, mm-hmm. hey, man, I think it's time that I, I go my own way. And it was really hard. We had spent every single day together for, you know, four years and he taught me a ton. And but I knew that it was time. I knew that I, I had maxed out what I was learning and the moment that I left, it just like, it was like a rubber band. It's like I had been pulling this rubber band back for four years and I had been saying no to every single short-term reward. And then the moment that I left, it was like me saying, hey, I'm a freelance writer available for hire. And it was like, boom, I'm ghostwriting for eight different CEOs. I went to my uh, one of my closest friends, and I was like, "Hey, man, I think I stumbled onto something. Take the leap. Like, let's go, go all in on this with me." Wow. You know, six months later, we were starting to build digital press and hire people. A year later, we've got twenty people. You know, like it happened so quickly, and that's why when I look back at it, I really like to remind people that at the time it seemed like I was taking this long, long road that didn't make sense. From my perspective, I understood what I was doing. And I was like, I'm learning what I need to learn. I'm mastering my skills. I'm I'm proving myself in the public domain. I'm at a certain point it's all gonna pay off. And and it did. That's awesome, man. I love to hear the story of of again, just putting in all the time and putting in the effort and it finally paying off. And I think it's something that a lot of people need to hear as they're going through their uh, you know, whatever path they are that, you know. It's, it's just very reassuring that, hey, you just got to put in the work today, put in the work tomorrow and, and keep it up. Um, so what's the goal with Digital Press? Like, are you, do you have a vision for it in terms of, hey, we want to be, you know, the best that we can be? Is there, you know, a dollar amount that you're trying to hit? Is it a growth rate? Like, what, what where do you see the vision and what are your goals that you have for the company? Um, so something about me, and I, and I kind of wanted to add this to, just the the idea of investing in yourself. I never measure success by a dollar amount ever. Because even though that it's it's great, there are a lot of people that during those four years, you know, I kind of was watching from afar or people that were like, hey, I'm, 
consulting now, or I'm doing this freelance thing, or look at how I'm making all this money building funnels or stuff like that. And it was all of their wins were, were measured by a dollar amount. And instead I was like, I'm going to focus on mastering skills and I'm going to, and I'm going to measure my success based on how well I can execute those skills, not how much money they make me. And I think the difference is there's a lot of people that will go into what, what it is they're interested in, like writing, for example, and go, how do I make a bunch of money as a writer? And they're so caught up in figuring out how to make money as a writer. And they're not focused on how do they become the best writer that they can be. Mm. And the difference then is a lot of those same people that for those three or four years were making more money than me. Now I've, I've you know, to, to, to put it bluntly, like I've lapped them 10 times over because they eventually capped out at hours and and what they could charge per hour as opposed to their skill level and being able to to surpass their own ceiling. So for me and with digital press like we we're working on a lot of really cool things um but I think the the primary is I'm really really bothered by just how low quality so many people treat writing and the big difference is that I didn't go to school for marketing. I don't call myself a marketer. I don't approach it like I'm trying to convince you to buy something. I write because I love to write. And I believe that like that is my art, that is my craft. And I think that it has the power to actually reach a lot of people. And so my focus is on that element of it. And what I find is there's a lot of other people that look at it like I want to write content. And it's like, uh, like you just you've immediately just reduced it down, you know, and it's it's focused on all the wrong things. And so a big thing that we do internally is essentially we treat it like the same way I treated my college education where I was studying writing. We'll do workshops internally and we'll line edit pieces. We'll read them out loud. We'll pick apart thoughts. We'll like look at the logic of the piece. What is it really saying? Like we're treating it like a craft as opposed to just you're buying a blog post and in and out. And I hate that. So I think just for myself and and what it is, my own writing stands for, but also the company is just, I, I love great writing and I love teaching other people how to become great writers. So all of the writers and the editors that we've hired is it's me personally mentoring them and being like, look, these are all the things I've learned doing it myself. I've written three or 4,000 posts on the internet. Let me share with you everything that I've learned and let's, let's do really great work. That's what I care about. Love that. And all right, so let's, I want to get into the writing. I've been anxious to ask you a few things. And so I just read On Writing by Stephen King. Have you read that? Oh, multiple times. So good. And that was, I think it's the only book I've ever read like about the actual craft of writing. And I got a lot of tactics from him in terms of like writing with the door closed and you know, making sure that like, you know, you're, you're putting your desk in the corner of the room and, and, you know, just the emphasis on reading a, like a shit ton before you write and, and just throughout, you know, your whole life. And so I, I'd be curious to hear like from your perspective, what has made you such a great writer? Like what have you done? And like, what does your process look like? Let's, let's say you're sitting down for the morning to write or the afternoon. Like how do you get into that flow state where you just, you're just turned on? So it's it's funny. I've actually been working on my own on writing book for a few months here because I, I find myself answering the same questions a lot. So 
I, I want to share a lot of these things with people. I think there's two different types of what's your writing process. There's the kind that sounds really great in theory. You know, everyone that wants to be a writer is like, here's my process. I have a cup of coffee and then I light some incense and then the sun is at this degree and then <laughs> everything works out perfectly and then the magic happens. You know, like that's what we all kind of want it to be. The truth is when you're really committed to something, like I'm, my, my process is all over the place and especially with travel lately and just the nature of, you know, now building a company and like I'll, I'll write on my phone when I'm out with people. I'll write in airports, like just sitting on the ground posted up somewhere. I'll write wherever, as long as I can get the time in because I need the time, you know, you got to practice, you need to put the hours in. So the biggest thing for me from a process standpoint is it's where you write. I think is what matters. And it's funny that you mentioned like writing with the door closed. There's a big part of me that agrees with that. But if I really had to point to something that had the biggest impact on my writing, it, it would actually kind of be the opposite. It's it's writing in public or like I, I call mm. it practicing in public, which is the whole reason why I forced myself to write every day on Quora was because putting something out would allow me to get feedback. And feedback is what essentially forces you to grow and change and make different decisions. Like if you write something and you get even one comment, even one comment for someone being like, this was garbage, that point doesn't make sense. Like <laughs> even though that kind of stings, it's what you need. Mm. And it, it helps It helps tell you what's resonating and what what isn't. And simultaneously, if a piece all of a sudden gets thousands of views, now you have a barometer and you can look at that and go, okay, what was it about this piece that ended up performing well? So my own process ended up being really informed by data where I would write a piece, I would look at how it performed. I would write a piece, look at how it performed. And it became this sculpting process where the more data I accumulated, either what people were saying, views, comments, upvotes, anything, it showed me what I needed to refine, what I needed to change. And what I ended up creating is essentially this very minimalist style where, you know, I'm sure you've seen it. It's like once you start reading one of my articles, you kind of can't stop. You know, you kind it just kind of just like pulls you to the next sentence and the next sentence and the next sentence. And that's the point is, is I've refined it down to that because I've noticed through all of the data that I've gotten that you know, there are certain things that readers look for and there are drop-off points and there are things that make them lose interest and length and all of that. So I think from a process standpoint, the biggest advice I give other people is if you're not putting things out and getting feedback, then you're missing a huge part of the growth process, which is you actually need someone to tell you, I liked this or I didn't like this. And how has that aspect of putting it out to the public. And, you know, I actually do agree with that in terms of getting feedback and it also keeps you accountable. Okay, I'm going to do this every day. People can call you out if you don't. But like, how has the need to be vulnerable been affected by the fact that you practice in public? And and I think, you know, you we're talking about building a personal brand and that's pretty much what digital press is all functioning around. At least for me, I think number one factor of building a, a personal brand is the uh, ability to be vulnerable and show your true colors and, and be authentic. So how have you managed that uh, where, you know, everyone or just about everyone is, you know, in some way or another afraid of what people think, but knowing that you have to push through that to be successful in that realm? Well, again, when I was younger, 
how I got started writing was I had a gaming blog when I was a teenager. Um, so while I was one of the highest ranked World of Warcraft players and I would compete against all these players, I also had this blog where I would write about high level gaming strategies. But then also, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, I just, I guess that's the nature of why I love writing. So I would also tell stories or I would talk shit or I would be like, hey, this is this is the day in the life of a awkward high schooler who's, you know, internet famous, but <laughs> has no friends and no girlfriend, you know? So I, <laughs> I treated my blog as this like open forum where I was like, I'm going to teach you how to play against the best players in the world. And I'm also going to rant yeah. and I'm just going to be an annoying teenager. And it ended up working really well. It was the same concept. I was blogging on this site where there was a leaderboard for the most popular blogs. And I was fascinated. I was a gamer. I wanted to be at the top of the leaderboard. And so I would study and look at what sorts of posts performed well. And the ones that performed the best and were always on the leaderboard were stories. And they were vulnerable. And they were someone being like, this is who I am as a person. So at a really young age, I started practicing that. And I ended up having one of the first internet famous gaming blogs, you know, back in 2007 when blogging wasn't even cool yet. And the comments that I had on my blog then were <laughs> like nothing today touches them. I had, I woke up every single morning to someone being like, you should kill yourself today. Because you know? oh, it's just, that's the nature of gaming, right? That's the nature of the internet. And so as a 17 year old writing and having people just demolish you in the comments that really desensitized me to the concept of people not liking your work. So today when someone tweets me and they're like, I didn't like your article, I'm like, okay, here's a gif. Yeah. You know, like I don't, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't bother me because I'm like, you took the time to read it. Thanks for reading. I appreciate it. Yeah. So I think what a lot of people like, they sit there and they're like, I want this end result, but I don't want what comes with it. So people are like, I want everyone to know me and what I think. And then you're like, great, share what you think. And then they're like, no, I'm afraid to. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, you can't have one without the other. And I think at a certain point, you need to just be honest with yourself and say, do you love the idea of that more than you love actually doing it? And a lot of people would say, yeah, I love the idea of having a following on the internet more than I love asking myself every day, what do I want to share? Yeah. What's, what's the toughest part about writing for you? Uh, I mean, it's, it's that same thing. It's that, you know, it's that it's don't think for a second that I don't struggle with that too. Anybody that writes sits down and is like, ah, should I share that? Is that right to share? How do I share that in a way that people understand what I mean? I think the hardest part about writing is feeling like you're going to be misunderstood, you know, because words are such careful things. You you can very easily mean one thing and have it be perceived as another. So, you know, one of the things that I think really st stood out for me is when I was working on my book, Confessions of a Teenage Gamer, it was like, that material was so sensitive to me. It was a memoir. It was about me growing up and all of the things that came with why I wanted to spend all my time in a video game. And some of them were good and some were bad. And that material was really sensitive for me. So some of those stories are the surface level ones. I was like, cool, I feel comfortable sharing this out in the open. And I would, I wrote a lot about it on Quora and, and Inc and et cetera. But there were a lot of other stories where I was like, I don't want anyone to see this until I feel like I'm saying it the way that it needs to be said. So it, it becomes that push-pull 
practice where you're asking yourself, okay, what do I, what am I ready to share? And how can I use that out in the open to get feedback so that it can inform my process and kind of continue building myself as a writer? But then what is the other material that I still need to sit with for a while? And sometimes you need to sit with a thought or a concept for months before you you understand how you want to express it. And I struggle with it the same way that everybody else does. Do you just create like lists in terms of like you, you, you put out a shit ton of content? Like do you just I remember um I had James Altucher on uh, a while back and he has the idea of, you know, you write 10 ideas down a day. And there's some days I do that, especially when I'm looking for to build content or I'm looking to, to get a volume of, of certain ideas going. But is that is that your process or do you just like you're driving and you're just like, oh, shit, that'd be a good blog. And you stop and you put it in Evernote or, or what's the process of like keeping the, the creativity and the content machine going? Well, input is huge. I'm a really big fan of, it's like you had said with, you know, what Stephen King suggested, you have to be reading in order to feed yourself ideas because someone like a lot of my writing will be, I'll go browse through Quora or Medium and I'll go see what someone else wrote. And I'd be like, wow, I really disagree with that. And that'll get me fired up and then I'll go write something, you know? So I think that's a huge component of it. But yeah, in terms of the Lately, my process has been a lot more about documenting because I find that my schedule now, like I used to have so much more time in silence to myself um, because I was working a nine to five. I was, you know, (laughs) I wasn't dating anybody. I didn't have, I wasn't making much money. I couldn't go out and be social. Like my life was very different. And so I had all of these hours to just kind of sit there and be like, what do I want to say? And how can I be creative? But I don't have that luxury anymore. So now my process is very on the go. And I have a bunch of different notes on my phone for um, like broken down into different concepts. So basically I'll have a note for books and book titles. I'll have another note for articles. I'll have another note for uh, poems that I write on the go that I'm like, oh, that's a cool little thing I want to jot down. I just break it down into buckets. So that way, when something hits me in the moment, I write it down. And then later when I go to write, I can just go back and pull from there if something doesn't come to mind. There's a lot of good input here that, you know, for people that are writing, but I think a lot of it applies elsewhere. I've read somewhere or listened somewhere that of, of what you said your favorite quote was. And I think you said that it was that you can't steer a sinking ship. And I'd love for you to describe what that means to you or, or where you might've heard that. Yeah, so it's you can't steer a stationary ship. Oh yeah, that that sinking <laughs> ship. Yeah, that that would not make sense if, either. Though if, I don't think yeah, you can steer that either. Sink, yeah, if you're sinking, you've got a different problem. But uh, but yeah, so when I was working uh, at this agency in Chicago, um, the the mentor that I had it was it was his agency, and then he ended up um, bringing in another venture, a really well known creative director in the advertising world. His name is Mark Beeching. And Mark said that one day and it just made, it just clicked for me. Um, And he said, you know, it's every project, you know, you can't steer a stationary ship. You have to get moving before you can actually do something with it. And what I started to reflect on with that was this idea that that's very much my process. Like that's the whole reason why I tell people you need to be writing every day because in writing every day, you're keeping the ship moving. 
And what that allows is you can at least then go, all right, what did I do yesterday? And how can I do something better today? And it gives you these constant reference points where you can just keep understanding what's the next step, what's the next step. Um, Whereas a lot of people end up sitting down and going, I need to have all the answers before I even begin. And A, it never works out that way. And B, to be honest, a lot of the things that I thought um, I knew or or where I thought things were going to go in the beginning ended up being very different once I got started. And there's a huge difference between knowledge that is like you think you know what's going to happen versus knowledge gained through experience and saying, no, I've experienced this firsthand. I know how this is going to go. And I think what keeps a lot of people from actually moving is they feel like they can assume or think how things are going to go and they want to plan everything out. They want to have all their ducks in order before they even take a step without realizing that there's a really good chance that a lot of those assumptions they're making aren't actually true. And you have to just start moving before you actually can figure out what works and what doesn't. And I think that's part of the reason why professionally as a writer, things have, things moved so quickly for me once I took the leap because whenever I would meet someone, it's like I wasn't selling them on, hey, I think this will work. I was selling them on, yeah, I've done this a thousand times. If you want me to do this for you, I'm happy to. You know, And there's such a, like when you talk to someone that even just speaks from that level of confidence and conviction, it, it's just different. You can feel it. Like I can totally feel the difference between someone saying, like pitching me and saying, oh, I think I could do this for you. And I'm like, okay, you've clearly never done this before in your life versus someone who's like, yeah, I do this all day, every day. Like I'm, I'm in it. I'm in that flow. Right. Well, it's the more experience you have, the more you have to offer. Like you've, you've done it. You've been there. You've done that. You know the process. You've worked out the kinks. And then that's what makes your, your service so valuable. Yep, exactly. So just remind, yeah, just reminding people that that should be the focal point. Like if you're not moving, there's no point in talking about, well, what do I do at this juncture? What do I do when I get here? Like you're already not moving. Start, take one step and then and then ask what's the second one, ask what's the third one, you know, but there's no sense in sitting down and trying to understand how the end's going to play out. I didn't even think I was going to build a company. <laughs> and here you are. You know, like the only reason that the only reason that we built a company is because I maxed out my own personal time. That's really it was that I was ghostwriting like literally 12 hours a day. And I turned to, you know, my good friend Drew and I was like, dude, I don't have any more hours in the day. So either this is my life for the rest of my life. Or we start a company, we hire people, we train them and we grow. And we were like, all right, cool. That's the next logical step, you know? And that's how it should be. If it doesn't feel like the next logical step, you're, you're not moving. Right. And that's the same with why you turned to take the leap anyway, because you were, you had a book of business, you made, you were, you were growing. It was taking up a lot of your time and, and you had some of those projects nailed down. So it's like, don't force it. Don't force the process. Don't rush into it. Play the long game, take your time, be patient, put in the work, be disciplined. I mean, these are some of the things that I've written down and that I've got like that. That's pretty much the Nicholas Cole blueprint from what I can see. Yeah. As we're wrapping this up, any last words to the millennials out there that are hungry, that want to take their their life to the next level? And then uh, finally, where can we find you and digital press all over the web and social media? Yeah, I think the number one piece of advice is trust me every shortcut is a longer road in disguise. 
like every single thing you think is going to be the the quick you know the get rich quick the sudden promotion the you know all of a sudden it all works it never does ever ever and so what you need to remind yourself is just what is the habit or what is the thing that i do every single day that it's it's like it's like sand it's like you don't even see each little grain adding up, adding up until all of a sudden there's a mound of sand and you're like, whoa, how did they get so big? If you can live focused on that as opposed to trying to find the shortcut, you will be infinitely more successful than everybody who just spends all their time running around trying to find shortcuts, realizing that at the end of the day, they're just like in the same spot that they were when they started. Hell yeah. So yeah, Love that's that. my mic drop. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'm always writing new stuff on Quora and Medium. My website's nicholascole.com. I really encourage people to shoot me emails. I try and respond to every single one if they have questions or um, you know just want to learn more, uh, figure out. <laughs> I, I really even try and just respond to emails where people are like, here's where I'm at in my life and this is what I'm trying to do because I was really fortunate to have really great mentors in my life. So I tr- I try really hard to give back to anybody else because that's the whole point you know like now that i've kind of gone through the process and i'm building into this second chapter i look at i look at so many people around me especially because i'm still in my 20s and so many people struggle with this and they really struggle to figure out what do they love how do they turn that into something that they can do or turn that into their career and what it takes to actually do that so um, as much as I can share on that, I, I really enjoy it. Love it, man. Paying it forward. Love having you on and, and talking through all this. I think there's, you know, I, I'm thinking through my head of about 10 people that I know will find a lot of value just in this, in the sake of about taking the leap and about having the discipline. So love you sharing your story, man. It was a great time. Yeah. Thanks very much for having me. Yeah. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to that episode. Really hope you liked it. Uh, If you did, if you found any value, wherever you're listening to this, uh, please head on over uh, and give it a five-star rating, subscribe, review, whether it's on the iTunes app, whether it's on Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, if it's there. Um, Really appreciate you. You can find me at tomalamo.com, T-O-M-A-L-A-I-M-O.com for the blog, all the show notes, and Tommy Tahoe. Uh, on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Find me on Facebook. I'm everywhere. So thanks so much. Grateful for you. Have a great week.